Hey everyone, and welcome to the Be More Within Gomu podcast show. We are thrilled you are here. In this podcast series, we'll connect you with coaches who make a positive difference in the lives of the people they serve through their practice and through the Ngomu app. We'll talk about the latest trends and topics to help you. We'll bring in coaches and individuals who share their experiences and takeaways with you that you can implement immediately to improve your life and the people around you. My name is Al Wynant, and I'm your co-host. And with me today is Josh Joya, who is my co-host and CEO of the Herman Group of Companies and author of the forthcoming book, Experience Rules, How Positive Experiences Will Drive Profit into the Future. Joyce, good to see you again. Thank you. And audience, we're thrilled that you're here with us. And in today's episode, we'll be speaking with Shireen Thor and Rhonda Sher about living consciously with technology. Um, Shireen is one of our Ngomu coaches who will be coaching on this particular subject. And Rhonda Sher is the LinkedIn trainer, a speaker and coach. And Joyce will speak with her in the second half of the podcast about her experiences and tips around living consciously with technology. So I am going to kick it off with my conversation with Joy, uh, with, with Shireen. Joyce, we'll see you just in a little bit. And Shireen, Welcome to our conversation today. Well, hello, friend. Good to see you. So Shireen is a comedian turned coach who slays, and I love that word, with hope and humor. She's been featured on Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Insider Medium, Spike TV, 97.1 AMP Radio, and more. She hosts the Awaken the Rebel podcast, and she's worked with organizations of all types and sizes, like Google, Pandora, Slack, Safe Place for Youth, and the Social Justice Learning Institute. Shireen is a certified professional coach, and we're so lucky to have her as part of our talented coaches here at Ngomu. So Shireen, welcome to the Be More with Ngomu podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited for us to be more together, my friend. <laughs> That's, I love that spirit. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's, let's just dive into, into our conversation here about living consciously with technology. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. But in the context of today's conversation, how would you define, de define technology? That is such a good question because I feel like most people just think computers, internet, phones. I think that's the easy thing that comes to my mind when I think of technology. But I looked a few things up. And so the definition of technology from Oxford Languages is the application of scientific knowledge for practical purposes, especially in industry. Then there was a few other things about machinery and equipment and engineering and sciences. Um, so then I looked up the simple definition from Wikipedia, you know, for people like me who need layman's terms. And it said the application, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It basically said um, items that we use to put practical uh, things into practice. So I was like, oh, that makes sense because technically I order groceries on my phone or 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 through a certain app and so technology isn't necessarily social media phones computers it can be things that make your life much more easy and simple in all of the basic ways and so i think it's great to ask the question what is technology because it's not just about getting off of technology when we're talking about living consciously it's just about making sure that we use it in a practical manner that enhances our lives instead of taking over so, so talking about, you know, the impact of it. So there's a negative impact of excessive use of technology. 
that really has a physical and, and, and mental sort of effect and also on our relationships. So what what is that negative impact? So great question. There is a recent study, I was actually reading about this in Forbes, that talks about how technology can be as addictive as narcotics. And mm-hmm. so it also, you know, just works in similar ways with the brains. And so literally in the world of psychology, there is an internet addiction, addiction disorder. It's called IAD. Mm-hmm. And so this, we're really talking about something, you know, it's like people can be addicted to very intense narcotics. And that's an obvious problem. Like, heroin. Okay, honey, you got a problem. Okay. (laughs) However, there are more socially acceptable addictions and we see it with food, right? Food is something that we eat every day. It's a normal part of our lives. You, if you tried to eliminate it completely, you would then have another problem called anorexia. And so it, it is something that is addictive, but we need to learn how to be in balance with it. And I see technology as the same kind of a thing. It's something that now we know truly is addictive, works just like narcotics. And if we want to live consciously, not just with technology, but just in our lives at large, then it's something that we need to think about. So in the last couple of weeks and months, even I've had so many friends say, oh, I'm cutting technology from my life. I'm just, you know, um, I'm over it. But that really does mean something different for everyone. And, you know, when I look at myself, you know, I use technology to work. So I just can't say I'm cutting technology cold turkey. You know, how, you know, how do you start? Where do you start? You know, how do you start creating a healthy relationship um, with technology? It's such a good question. I mean, I, just like you said, and just like we were talking about earlier, like if you order groceries on technology, you're going to be okay, you know? But if you're really losing yourself in it. So, so I took this course called The Science of Wellbeing through Yale. And a lot of research on, on social media specifically talks about how it actually really lowers your levels of well-being and it lowers your levels of happiness. Um, mostly because we as humans are very much concerned with social comparison. So there was a, re- a study done that talked about how if I was getting paid 50K at my job and I knew someone else was doing the same exact job um, for 100K, then I would rather uh, make, basically I would take a 100K pay cut to know that I was the same as everybody else. There's just this, this natural innate human social comparison bug we have where we don't want to be less than our peers. And so you take that natural thing that you would feel in your community and then you add gasoline and fire to it when you put social media into the equation because it's like social comparison that is exponentially worse. We're now comparing ourselves with JLo. We're comparing ourselves with famous people, celebrities, um, you know, politicians, billionaires, and all of a sudden our life looks pretty bad compared to everyone else's highlight reel on their Instagram feed. And so all the studies say that it really does lower your self-esteem. It really does lower your levels of well-being. And so personally, I took a social media sabbatical just for this summer. So I'm still using technology. Obviously, we're using technology today, and I love it. And I am taking a break from sort of the excessive noise of social media, knowing everything that's going on with everyone and feeling the obligation to, to post every moment that I have with my kids or in my life. I'm just, it's gone. And so my screen time reports are drastically improved. <laughs> I used to get screen time reports that ch- said, you're on your phone about three to four hours a day last week, or like on a bad week, it would be four to five hours a day. And in my mind, of course, I'm like, what am I doing on my phone five hours a day? I have no idea. <laughs> and then once I got off social media, it said to me, you are you were on your phone one to two hours a day last week. So I've literally gotten 
anywhere between one to three hours back every day as a result of going on this sabbatical. So that's been beautiful. So is it, you know, it's technology to order groceries to make your life easier and so on is in a way acceptable. Um, but then really cutting off the whole social media chatter, all of that sort of stuff, or managing it a little bit better, that, that, is, that is sort of the first thing to look at, really. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it was for me. I feel like for everyone listening, the truth is, if you're really living consciously, the, you, the first thing you're going to do is ask yourself certain questions around how do you feel in your life and how do you want to feel in your life? And so for me, I love pressing a few buttons and having something delivered to my house. It makes me really happy and it feels super efficient. So that's not something I would ever let go of, you know? I actually really love coaching clients all over the world and feeling like I get to work from home. Oh my gosh, that piece of technology enhances my life tremendously and provides for my family and makes me feel very fulfilled. Um, and I know that for me, social media was something that felt very noisy, made me feel very stressed. And like there was too much going on all the time and like I needed to keep up with the Joneses and I just wrote a book and chapter three is all about like forget about the Joneses like it's that's not important. Um, so for everyone listening, I think it's like, yes, you could consider ditching social media, but maybe social, maybe you love social media. Maybe that's the part that actually really is fun for you. It enhances your life. I think um, I think once you're aware that it is something that can go too far, that awareness in and of itself is medicine. And so, you know, we know that technology, too much screen time can hurt your eyesight, can give you extra anxiety, can can cause depression. Um, we know definitely with youth, it's actually caused issues in development. And there's this one interesting little fact that I never get over is that since the late 1970s, there, there's been a 50% drop in unstructured outdoor activities. So the number of children who are actually riding bikes has declined by more than 20% from the years of 2000 to 2010. But the average teen sends 3,339 texts per month and is looking at a digital device 11 hours a day. So like to me, 11 hours a day is definitely detrimental to someone's health. 100%, no doubt about it. So that is dark and sad. <laughs> and that's where I would say, okay, we need to scale back and look at like, what kind of life do you want to have? What would enhance your life? More nature or more technology? Let's really look at that and act, change. Cause it's too, we're going too far with it. You know what I mean? As you're as you're talking about this, I'm sitting here thinking about my own childhood, and I go remember the TV with twelve channels, and you had to get up and turn the dial. <laughs> not, not trying to give away how old I am, um, and now you know it's so easy to have all these different streaming networks, and it's not just the social media part, but then you have all these streaming networks with decent content, and it's so easy to sit there and binge watch, you know, ten hours of shows in one weekend, where you go like yeah. maybe I should step away and pick up a book, or go walk, or do something outside to have a better mental mental um mindset there but so what do, what do you think are some of the key benefits of creating that really that healthy balance between tech and life that's a great question i mean i can just speak honestly from my current experience i've actually only been on my summer sabbatical for three weeks <laughs> very i remember i remember your first day yes we talked i was like Woo! um yeah and personally i can say my brain feels less noisy that is something that I didn't quite expect. I did once um, interview a lovely lady named Alexandra Franzen on my podcast. She has been off of social media completely for six years. 
And I remember when I first interviewed her, I was still on it. And I was like salivating over this idea of giving myself that kind of freedom, just the idea of disconnecting and just being in my life rather than documenting my life or living my life versus like sharing it and, you know, just, just detaching. And so here we are a few months later and I've officially given myself freedom. And honestly, so the the biggest benefit, like I said, is less noise in my brain. Um, I will definitely say the gift of time. Clearly, I've gotten one to three hours a day back. And so there's just a general feeling of less overwhelm because I literally have more time (laughs) to do what I actually need to do, what is truly going to improve or enhance my life versus um, just getting sucked in. Because I did watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix, which I know you all all probably have Netflix. Feel free to to (laughs) binge that one. It's a good documentary. And the, the truth is these um, apps are made by engineers who are purposefully attempting to create something addictive because what they want to sell to advertisers, advertisers is your attention. And so their job is to get as much of your attention as possible so that they can then sell that as a you know, commodity to an advertiser. So they're doing their jobs. Good for them. You know what I mean? Do you. Be free. I'm very libertarian about all these kinds of things. And I will do what I know is ultimately the best for me. So I think um, the gift of time, the quietness of the brain, I think maybe just also feeling like I've unplugged from the matrix a little bit. Like I'm, I am living consciously. I'm living intentionally by choice versus reacting to maybe the the puppet strings that I'm being pulled by. So sort of a feeling of empowerment, I think, has come into my, um, yeah, into my consciousness that feels great. So who knows? I would love to hear from whoever is listening. If you guys unplug, please do somehow connect with us and let us know what benefits you get because it's kind of like a, a new adventure. I mean, I feel like I'm this like hippie gypsy girl who now gets to like live life how I want. <laughs> Instead of being plugged into the matrix, so it's just fun. Well, I just started this journey a couple of weeks ago, and I, as I said, we we spoke that first day, and it's like, wait a minute, we're talking on the phone. This is your first day of this. Um, but what have been some of the pain points, and how have you overcome those? And there definitely are pain points. So I like that you asked that question. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. There was one day I was talking to my mom. And she said, oh, did you see that video that your cousin posted um, when he surprised his kids on Father's Day and like popped out of this big box? And I was like, I didn't see it. You know, I I was not on social media to see that share. And so there was this feeling of like, oh, I missed out. You know, like I missed out on this fun, cute family thing that that would be something that I would feel was useful to know, you know, that I would enjoy. You know, so I texted my cousin and I said, send me the video. I really want to see it. So there's been these little moments where, I'm like, oh, yeah, I am missing some things by choosing out in this way. And in those moments, I think to myself, will I go back or not? You know, I think that's the living consciously part is like right now I gave myself a summer sabbatical to unplug and reevaluate. And so part of the reevaluating is, wow, I have so much time. But also, oh, bummer, I missed this thing that I thought was really sweet and wonderful that I would have wanted to know. Um, there was something else that happened recently too, where I thought, oh man, to be honest, I'm about to launch my book. So that's the biggest thing is like, oh shoot, am I really missing out on a space where I could truly share my message in a big way by choosing not to be on social media? The answer is yes, I am missing out on a big space where I could share a lot, uh, potentially more effectively or, or maybe have more reach over the star. And so I know a big my message is to live consciously and live intentionally. And 
while that is wonderful and empowering, it often does come at a cost. And so the question for me is, how committed am I to my values? How committed am I to what I truly desire in my heart and in my soul, apart from what makes sense or could be more effective in my business or rationally, you know, makes sense? How much am I willing to honor my totally irrational, unjustifiable rebel soul, you know? And so I think that's where I just go, it's okay. Like, I'll figure it out. I will figure out a way to launch this book and it will be all the things it's meant to be. Maybe even somehow more powerful without social media. It's, I don't know. It, it's TBD. So I'll let you know. But those are some of the moments I've had that are like, you know, I realize I'm missing something and have to kind of have those conversations with myself. Sure. So in closing here, what are your you know, three steps people can implement today to really start balancing their life with technology? I love it. So I would say the first step would be reflection. So spend some time with yourself. If you have a journal and a pen or your note in your phone, whatever, um, write a couple of these questions down. So the first question would be, um, how do I feel about my relationship with technology? Second question would be, um, how does technology enhance my life? Like, what are the parts of technology that enhance my life? Uh, the third question would be, what are the parts of technology that compromise my quality of life or that lower my quality of life? And then the fourth question would be, what do I want to do about it? So just clarity. You know, I think the first step is always going inward. Your, your inner intuition, soul, whatever you want to call it, has its own navigation system of what's right for you. So I couldn't make those decisions. Research can't even make those decisions. That's Research is good to consider. And yet you still might be someone who has to just go your own way. And so always reflection is a first step. And then honestly, the second second step is take action. Like whatever was in that last, you know, whatever came through there, like the what are you going to do about it part? Like that's the second step. Like let's let's move you forward and take action on what you know will actually support you in living your life optimally, you know, removing the things that lower your quality of life, uh, doubling down on the things that enhance your quality of life, and then being proud of who you were when you were alive. Perfect. So since you have an audience here, tell us a little bit about your book. And then also, <laughs> how can, how can uh, people get a hold of you should they want to learn more or work with you? Yeah, definitely. So my book is called Revolutionary Woman. Uh, the subtitle is Break the Rules, Live Your Purpose, and Find Your Happy. And so, as you can see, I'm, I'm down to break the rules if necessary and sort of unsubscribe from social norms that I don't actually support the greater sense of well-being for me and those around me. And so that's really what the book is about. It has nine chapters, and the first chapter is Awaken the Rebel, which really is my brand. So if you want to find me, go to awakentherebel.com. Um, and the last chapter is be the revolution and the middle is all the juicy juice that will get you there. <laughs> Shireen, thank you. I appreciate your, your feedback here and your, your sharing with us. Thank you for your time this afternoon. Um, if you've just joined us, you're watching the Be More Than Gomo podcast with Shireen Tor and Rhonda Sher about living consciously with technology. We're going to take just a quick little break here before we move on with our next guest and further conversation. See you in a sec. Be More 
more determined. Be more with Ngomu. Sé más empoderada con Ngomu. Be more extraordinary. Be more colorful. Be more thoughtful. Be more in the moment. Be more confident and self-assured. Be more. I'm being more mindful. And this is how. Be more with Ngomu. Be more mindful with Ngomu. Be more with Ngomu. Be more confident with Ngomu. Now is your time to be more. With access to more than 80 coaches, you can... Be more with Ngomu! Be more with Ngomu. That was a lovely spot. So I want to welcome um, Joyce and Shireen. And Joyce, I'm turning it over to you for the next part of our conversation. Sure is one of America's leading authorities on LinkedIn business networking and relationship marketing. She has spoken for hundreds of organizations across the country, sharing her knowledge and expertise. Rhonda Schur has cracked the code for leveraging LinkedIn and mastering the art of business relationships. One way Rhonda establishes those relationships is by reading faces. In fact, Rhonda is a certified face reader. And her course on face reading teaches people how to develop instant rapport. Welcome, Rhonda. Thanks, Joyce. So nice to see you. Great to see you as well. And let's begin with today's topic. Uh, what did you learn from listening to Shireen? There was so much. But one of the biggest things that I didn't know is that teens, and my kids are no longer teens, are spending 11 hours a day in front of a screen. That's frightening. That is absolutely frightening. Um, the other thing that I, I loved were the questions at the end. And that, you know, taking advantage of technology or not taking advantage is actually a conscious choice. And until I heard her really speak about it, I'd never really thought about it in those ways. <clears throat> because she's right, it does help us in so many ways. And in other ways, we become a prisoner, you know, <laughs> we actually become a prisoner. And, um, and it's kind of interesting. I, I did a post on LinkedIn this week and it had a picture of a phone battery that was on, you know, when the little red line shows up, right? And then the other picture was of a person and it said, you know, we often let our batteries run down because they tell us that that's the way to preserve your phone battery. But what about when we let our, our own battery run down that low? And the analogy that I shared, again, using technology, right? Because it was on LinkedIn. Yeah, but, and social media, right? Right, yeah. But the, but the analogy I, I actually used was, you know, when we're on airplanes and now we're back on airplanes, what do they tell us? They say, put the mask on the person that you're with first, not on yourself, right? Because you can't help somebody, right? You have to help somebody else. Isn't that the truth, right? So what I realized is we don't recharge our own batteries. You know, social media technology, which is such a blessing, is also such a huge curse. You know, that's the, that's 
that's really like the biggest takeaway. And I was so impressed with how she took on this challenge, you know, to get away from social media, because one of the things that jumped into my mind is this FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And she talked about that, Mm -hmm. things that we miss out on that are posted on Facebook or wherever. So um, I thought it was a fabulous interview, learned so much. Good, good. So in an effort to find the right balance for you, do you unplug? I do, actually. Um, and, and it's interesting when you say unplug, because I actually plug into unplug. So let me explain what that means. Um, every night before I go to bed, I listen to a hypnosis tape that is putting all kinds of positive suggestions into my subconscious. And one of the things that happened as a result of doing that is, and you probably can't tell from the way I sound now, um, but my allergies have completely dissipated. You know, I, I pretty much stopped taking allergy medicine because I went to bed listening to a tape that was specifically created for me, telling me that, you know, my allergies are disappearing. I no longer need medication. I'm waking up feeling energized, ready for the day. So yes, I'm using technology in a way to unplug because what I'm re- really doing is clearing out, you know, in the world of technology, I'm cleaning the cookies, right? And I'm right. listening only to one message, which is all about positivity, relaxation, and eliminating all of those things that I want my subconscious to take care of. So that's how I unplug. And sometimes during the day, What I'll do is I will take a break and I have several of these wonderful hypnotic tapes. And so I'll just go sit outside, get my vitamin D and listen to another tape about how to reset myself for more positivity to basically, you know, it's almost like that power nap, but it's in a hypnotic state. Right. So, Rhonda, we use technology to make our lives easier, and you have a low-tech way of helping people make their business relationships easier. Tell us about face reading. First of all, what is it? So, face reading is actually a very old science. It's called physiognomy, um, if you want the technical name. And what it really is, and by nature, Joyce, we're all face readers. You know, have you ever noticed that when a baby looks at somebody with a round face, they smile? Why? Because babies have round faces. And we're all face readers. We really are. But the way that I have studied it and the way that I'm applying it is, especially because of COVID and the fact that for about 15 months, most of us met everybody on a screen. We were on Zoom for the most part. and at least we didn't have a mask, right? We could, you know, talk to that person without a mask. And so our first point of contact is we're looking at somebody's face. And our faces are not symmetrical. So the right side of your face is really your business life, your public life. And the left side of your face is your personal life. And your face is really a map. It's it's a history of what your life has been. So when you're meeting somebody for the first time, And the only thing you're doing is looking at their face. You can actually tell so much about somebody. So when I look at you, Joyce, you know, the first thing that jumps out at me is I look at your beautiful eyes and your eyelids go up. 
And what does that tell me? It tells me you're looking for the best in everybody. Your attitude is positive. I'm not judging you. I'm looking at you the way you see yourself. Your eyes are telling me what your outlook on the world is. Your, your ears are telling me how you take in information. Um, your, there's so many different things. Your nose tells you about how people deal with money. So it's just a way to develop rapport with somebody and give you insight into seeing them the way they see themselves. And I know that's really an oversimplification, but all you really need to learn at first is to read your own face. Because once you know how to read your own face, what do you recognize first are those features in other people. So, for example, when I see somebody that has long eyelashes, that I know that they're friendly because that's I have long eyelashes, right? <laughs> and, you know, when... I see somebody that has eyebrows, like if you look at my eyebrows, you know, they they start thicker and then they go a little bit, you know, they thin out as they go out, right? Well, what does that tell me? Well, for me, it basically says I'm one of those people that has to really force myself to see something through until the end because I get bored pretty easily. <laughs> and I recognize somebody else with that very, it doesn't mean that they're not going to see it through. But imagine you're interviewing somebody for an assistant or a position and you see that their eyebrow goes to here and then it really thins out. Well, after you go into a few more questions, one of the things that you're going to think about or ask them is, how are you at seeing projects from beginning to end? You know, do you get excited? Mm. So it's just insight. It's not judgment. It's just a mirror. And it's an instant way to create rapport because it's never negative. You know, it's never, I, I saw a woman this morning that I was on a call with and she was absolutely striking. And the first thing that I noticed about her were these movie star cheekbones, just striking. And I asked her a question. I said, wow, when you walk into a room, do people notice you? And she said, absolutely. I said, and I'm guessing and, I, and, and actually, I wasn't really guessing. Do, do you find that sometimes, even though it's never your intention, that some people are intimidated by you? And she said, yeah, and I can't figure out why. I said, it's those cheekbones. That's the first, it, they pop, you know, if you look at some of the actresses. So it's just amazing to me that, you know, we can learn all of that just from, and we're all by nature face readers. We just don't know what the features mean. And that's what I'm going to be teaching people in the course that's coming up. Wow. I can't wait to join your class, Rhonda. I understand that you have a new course that's starting on July 26th. How may people get some more information about that? Well, the landing page isn't up yet, but if they send an email to easy at gmail.com, I'll send them all the information. And what they will get as well as part of the course, which is so cool, is they will actually have their face read. Um, when I first had my face read, I literally said, oh, my gosh, are you a psychic? And they were right. like, no, I'm just reading your face. <laughs> I remember when you did that to me the first time. I went, whoa, how does this woman know this? And, of course, they everyone may find you on LinkedIn Absolutely. at Rhonda Schur. Rhonda Elsher. Rhonda Elsher. 
Okay. Yeah. And, and I use it with LinkedIn because, you know, one of the things, Joyce, that we know is that when somebody is referred to you or somebody has given your name, they're going to Google you. And there's about an 80% chance that your LinkedIn profile will show up on the first page of Google, right? So that's where they're going to be two times likely to believe what they find there. But imagine that not only are they reading your profile, but they're reading your face. So when you do have that amazing opportunity to get one-on-one, whether it's now in person or on a Zoom, you now have another tool to be able to create that rapport. So you know how they process information. You know that if you see somebody and they have super high ears, for example, their brain processes like a fast computer. You don't want to go slow with them because you're going to lose them. It's such an advantage. So yeah, that's how I tie the two together. Well, thank you so much, Rhonda. That was really fascinating. I can't wait to begin to put some of that information into action. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Rhonda. And thank you, Joyce, for that conversation. So what we want to do as we wrap up here is kind of highlight the top um, takeaways, in essence, from our conversations with Shireen and Rhonda. So as I was listening to Shireen, she gives some really great advice and really some homework you can do as you get off the call today, as you get off the podcast today, if you're looking to live more consciously with technology. And the first thing to do is really is, you know, Take yourself, get a, get a notepad, put yourself at your desk, go in a comfortable place and really start asking yourself some questions. And how do I, you know, how do I feel about my relationship with technology? What does technology do to enhance my life? You know, what are the parts of tech that lower my quality of life and what do I want to do about it? And then really take action based on that reflection. And in a very short time, I think you'll come up with a plan. And based on what Shireen shared with us, to really start consciously living with technology and not have to be so um, stressed and, you know, with, with that whole part of the world. So, um, so Joyce, what did you take away from Rhonda's conversation? Wow. So I was, I was fascinated. You know, I have this good friend who suffers with allergies. And to hear that hypnosis could help. I can't wait to share that with my friend because I hadn't thought about that. But it it really makes sense that hypnosis can help us. And in a way, it's embracing technology to let go of technology because we don't have to take drugs. We don't have to take extra stuff into our body if we can just work with our minds. And I just I just loved that. And then Rhonda also talked about some uh, certain aspects of face reading that once we learn our own faces, that we can recognize those aspects in other people and that will help us to build relationships with them. And that knowing who a person is ahead of time can certainly uh, make a big difference in the time that it takes us to build that relationship. But I I also came away with a couple of other things from Shireen that I'd like to share. And that is first, that 
time is a fleeting commodity and social media robs us of that time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if it, if I'm doing something that's going to lower my self-esteem and lower my levels of well-being, that's going to affect my immune system. And that's scary to me. So I never connected social media with my immune system before. So that was a real aha for me. And then technology can be used to make our lives better, but it doesn't have to be high tech. It can be low tech, like Rhonda's face reading. Thank you, Joyce, for that insight. And thank you, Shireen and Rhonda, for being here today. I really appreciate your insights. So one thing we like to do at the end of our podcast here is really recognize a coach who has made a positive difference in the lives of many. And today, um, and I'll put the website on here so you can find these people. So today we honor Ngomo coach Tracy Gibbons and her daughter, Rhea Gibbons. Um, who three years ago, really after seeing an incredible amount of trash on their local beach, um, started beach cleanups in Bermuda. Um, they're in a beautiful, gorgeous place, Bermuda. Um, but what the group has done is they find a place that needs cleaning the most. They post it on Facebook, social media, um, and people just show up to help. So it's a very engaging group of like-minded people making a positive difference to the people and nature and the place they love so dearly. Um, they have removed tons of trash in three years, truckloads of trash in three years. And it's just stuff that floats in from other parts of the world into that beautiful island on their beaches. So, so if you want to connect with Rhea and Tracy, you can uh, see, find them on their website, hnccreativehealingsolutions.com. And so take a peek there to learn more about what they do as well. So if you like us to know about someone making a positive difference in your community, please send us a note to news at ingomu.com. We'll be very happy to feature them. So that brings us to the end of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. And I would like to thank our guest again, Shireen Tor and Rhonda Sher, and my co-host, who's ever positive and friendly with the big eyes, <laughs> for uh, Joyce Joya for being here today. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you on July 14th at 2 p.m. Mountain Time for our next show. Let's go make a positive difference in the world. And be more. <laughs> Thank you, Joyce.